Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Pharrell on a bench in the biggest way possible, coast to coast, hanging out the bad seed, a broken ate a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad others, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad bread, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are chilling the most in the Pharrell palatial, right across the river and through the woods from where grandma likes to have a Manhattan before dinner in New York City, the Big Apple, ooh, People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion shake it up to do the all my friend that come around flat to find to party up rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess this town's a tattered. My brain just splattered all over Manhattan. Should you be shaking? Hey, it's Pharrell, your boy, chilling the most with Carver High. He's hanging out in Strong Island. Playa! Joe Ranieri running it for us from South FLA with all of that gorgeous kink, 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 and mafia also involved. I don't even know where he is. He's in like New York City, jerseys everywhere. He's got a bat in the back of his car, and he will deal with you accordingly. Can we bring Carver High into the mix here? I have a lot going on in this show. There he is. Strong business. Marty <laughs> told me today at one point that uh, Marty Brodeur wasn't a good goalie. We're not off to a good That's start. That's not what I said, said to you. That's yeah, not, you do not me. deceive yeah. people. Don't deceive no, no, no. people. That is not Felix what I told Potman you. Felix was a better goalie. And that, That's and not that what I said. people from New Jersey are backward ass. That's what you said. <laughs> no, it is not. All I said was he's one of the great goalies, but he did get helped a lot. By the system he played with, by the team that he played with, there are some other guys that played during his era that if they played 20 years with the Devils in front of that team, they might have had similar numbers. All I said, didn't take anything away from him, all right? All right, so we got, um, you know, Cinco de Ferrella today, so happy holidays to everybody. Have a margarita and a couple of shots of tequila. I know Granny's downstairs mixing up a batch right now. The thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, first here, Carver, we got a great show today. Rick Harrell will join us on Sports Business. We'll do that in hour number two. And we got a million things to talk about in sports, believe it or not. It's great being live on sports grid right now we've been taping shows let's just get down to the gist of it for the last month and a half two months whatever it is since the pharrell demic started hope everybody's healthy safe keeping your distance wearing your mask i went out for propane today with my mask on i felt like a bank robber i had my mask on i got propane i got it all lit up i got the grill going i got all kinds of action but here's what i usually do on the cinco de ferrella carver i, I go to great fights there have been a lot of great fights in the Cinco de Mayo holiday because there's no competition. It's a uh, open date in sports. There's nothing that really mattered. I mean, I know you'd have NBA playoffs you'd be betting on, Stanley Cup you'd be betting on, baseball every day going on. But it's not like competing with NFL weekends in the fall or in the, you know, right in the early part of the winter, whatever, uh, you know, in playoff season. But you look at Mayweather, six fights in Cinco de Mayo, the most of any of the uh, fighters. He made more money than any of them. 11.8 million pay-per-view buys, 138.5 million live gates, 289 million in personal payouts. I got that off of uh, Mark Kriegel's great story today, a friend of ours, Kriegel, who 
wrote about Mayweather's money-making operations during Cinco de Mayo. It's great having SB Nation joining us right now on the radio coast-to-coast with Pharrell right here on Sports Grid. So we love having you on the radio side at every affiliate everywhere. And you can tweet us your questions. Here's a promise I'll make to you. When we get back live in the studio where we usually do the show at the Meadowlands FanDuel Sportsbook and at the studios in Midtown Manhattan at 34th Street, we'll take your calls every day. We will take calls every day on the radio network. Until then, tweet us your questions. And if we're smart enough to remember any of that, because I got Alzheimer's, if I got a little forgetful you know, stuff going on and I don't remember to you know, go read your tweets, then you can punch me later. But I promise when we get back live, we'll start taking your calls. But tweet us in the interim at Pharrell on Grid. Now, Carver Hot, do you wish you were at a fight right now with me in Vegas on, you know, Cinco de Mayo. That's what we should be doing right now. I should be watching you drink tequila and have a cigar, and we should be in a fight. You're absolutely right, Scotty. You know, I remember so many of these Cinco de Mayo weekends, these fight weekends, and most of them did involve Floyd Mayweather. Of course, the biggest bust of all time was on the weekend of Cinco de Mayo when he fought Manny Pacquiao that time, the injured Manny Pacquiao, right? And But my the one that oh, I remember God. the most... The one that I remember the most, Scotty, a Cinco de Mayo weekend Mayweather fight was when basically the entire country of England went over to Vegas to watch him fight Ricky Hatton. And they all thought that that Ricky Hatton was going to beat Floyd Mayweather that weekend. In fact, I thought it too. I lost some money that weekend. Uh, I drank a lot that night. And it ended up that Ricky Hatton, uh, he got his ass beat by Floyd Mayweather that weekend. That's for sure. Listen, that wasn't the only time he got his ass beat. He got dropped by a Pacquiao lap uh, in in 2009 that knocked him unconscious. But I think there's nothing better than seeing uh, our friend Floyd Mayweather, who I've had uh, quite a run with. He's been on my show a million times. He's always been great to me. And he's made the MGM all their money. He has put boxing on the map in Las Vegas. I don't care what anybody says. Over the last 15, 20 years, think about it. Who made the most money in boxing? It was Floyd Mayweather. People don't like Floyd Mayweather. They have waited and paid money through the nose on pay-per-view fees to watch him lose or to pay through the nose to get tickets to go to his fights at the MGM Grand Garden Arena or T-Mobile Arena, wherever he had a fight. They go to see him lose. They want to see him lose, but he never lost. And I love going to those fights. I will say the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight that I went to, that was the biggest fight I've ever seen in my life. And also the biggest letdown ever in boxing. That was a terrible fight. It's Pharrell, coast to coast. Go with us. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.
All right, Pharrell back with you on Coast to Coast. You know, um, Carver High already with a massive gambling problem. Uh, let's just, just spill it all out on the table now that we're drinking tequila on a single day, Pharrell. He told me today that he bet on every single Korean baseball game. He's never even heard of the players or teams. He saw some American guy pitching at the start of one of the games. He laid 200 on the guy. He said he has a nice beard. Carver High betting on Korean baseball on a nightly basis. Just admit it. Uh, the great uh, Despagne, who used to pitch for the Padres, was on the hill last night. Uh, listen, um, it was 1.30 in the morning, uh, Eastern uh, time here, and there was a couple games uh, getting going, and I just had to do what I had to do. You know, there was some rain delays. There was a lot of, you know, things going on last night in the midnight, in the late, late hours, you know. But, uh, listen, there was something to bet on, Scotty, so we got involved. All right, so let me ask you, uh, what did you think? Because we haven't uh, done the live show until today. It's very exciting. Um, the uh, guy with the rubber glove was surprisingly gentle. Anyway, uh, the uh, story about you know the last dance that's been going on for three weeks, every Sunday night, I noticed that the numbers started dropping off. Even in Chicago and nationally, they started dropping off. I actually said after uh, Sunday's two hours, uh, when I was watching it, I said, quote, unquote, I kind of thought tonight sucked. But um, the thing that I wanted to talk to you about, I'm just being honest. I didn't think that it was good. The thing I wanted to talk to you about was the gambling that he had going on. I don't have a problem if a guy has hundreds of millions of dollars and he likes to, uh, you know, lay some juice on the golf course. Thank you very much. Speaking of guys that gamble on the golf course, how about you in the Cape Cod Open? You got a gambling and drinking problem on the golf course. And then the other thing I want to talk about was not about his politics, which I thought was cheese. I could care less about his political beliefs. I want to talk about his whole act like, uh, he didn't like being Mike that, you know, he was, this is the only time I'm happy when I'm in the hotel room having a cigar. I don't like when I leave the room and I get mobbed and the microphones and the fans adoring him and the commercial shoots and the Spike Lee movies that he's making and all this other stuff. I don't believe that for one minute. I don't believe for one minute he didn't lap up all of being Mike. He loved every second of it. He's lying through his teeth. Yeah, look, I think the one thing, Scotty, that you have to take into mind when you're watching this documentary, and a lot of the guys that covered the NBA and covered Jordan back in the 90s have said this over the last couple days and over the last couple weeks. Just remember, you are getting this story straight from Michael Jordan's point of view. Okay, this isn't like some outside, you know, guy coming in and doing a story. These are Jordan's films. He made the decision to allow people to use them. Uh, he talked to the director. He's giving you what he wants you to know. And I don't. I'm with you. I don't believe for a second that he didn't love being Mike. And I get it. It was, you know, he's got people all over him. He sits down on the couch in the hotel room, lights up the cigar, and like that's like his only seven minutes of peace that he had the entire day. I get all that. And we're going to find this out this weekend when they do the episodes because this Sunday is when they're going to get into him leaving the team uh, in 94. And you're going to probably hopefully find out what, what the real story is, which is he was tired of people asking him about the gambling. That's all it was. And, the, you know, I'm sure the NBA gave a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know, can you, he probably was tired of people saying to him, why are you gambling so much? Why are you going to Atlantic City? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Shut up, he probably said. I want to go play my 10000 a hole with my, my boys over here at the courts. Give me a break and let me go do it. So that's why he walked away for a year. And just remember, you're getting his story, uh, not anybody else's. I think that, you know, and I agree with uh, all of that wholeheartedly. I think that the thing that I want to hear him talk about emphatically is his dad's murder. I don't care about his gambling. Like, I can't, what don't I bet on? I bet on whether the sun's coming out every day. I don't care about a guy betting in Atlantic City, Vegas, on, uh, you know, sports betting apps. Uh, in fact, more the merrier. Sign up for FanDuel. Light it up. I'm all for it. People are betting on the NFL draft, and you're worried about Michael Jordan. All 50 states are going to have gambling soon. Count on that, Mama Mia. Here's another deal. His dad's murder is what I want to hear about. That's why he got sick of answering questions. He got sick of the gambling talk, but it's the murder of his father by these two idiots uh, that really is the story, if you ask me. Yeah, and that's something that we're going to see how much they get into it. Uh, and that ties into everything because you remember during that time and a couple years after, you know, that was part of the whispers too. Was, was Did that have something to do with his gambling? You know, those are all things that were tied in uh, during that time, and we'll see how much 
they dive into those topics in this weekend's episodes. But, uh, you know, as far as the ratings drop off a little bit, they were still pretty good. You know, you can't expect it to be what it was that first week where people were salivating so bad for anything to watch. You knew people were going to show up in droves that first Sunday a couple weeks ago. And now you're three weeks in and you're getting more into the middle of the story. Um, they're still pretty good, the ratings. I mean, that's something that Haro, I'm sure, will tell you a little bit more about later. But I think they're doing just fine ratings-wise. Well, we can always just beat his ass for fun. <laughs> you know, well, listen, I, lo- I love him. Now, let's get real. They abused Tony Kukoc. Oh, uh, but he God. had a really <laughs> in the finals of, of Barcelona. It was in the earlier matchup that they humiliated him, and he ended up being a really solid pro on Bulls teams and winning rings. So people can say whatever they want about Tony. The thing that was weird for me was is that I was there in Belgrade. I was in uh, the former Yugoslavia. I went to his homeland. My dad ran a steel mill there. I stayed there for a month, and I drank more vodka than an ocean. I got to tell you, those people are fun. I mean, it serves the cross. They know how to throw down, and the women are hot, too. Can you say that on TV? I just did. And then let me tell you what. That dream team was erotic. That's all there is to it. Uh, watching them kick everyone's ass, they've never done that ever again. It's been uh, That was the, the gold standard. Yeah, I think the one thing that you really saw also, and it, and it ties into the coach thing with Pippen and Jordan when they were over there in Barcelona, they really went out of their way. Uh, to make Jerry Reinsdorf uh, try to stick it to him, or shall I say, uh, uh, you know, they they tried to make it to stick so badly to these guys that Kukoc was was a guy that he absolutely loved, and they wanted to stick it to him. Four points he had in that game, and the Clyde Drexler moment in the finals against the Blazers. Michael was always, you know, it's like he didn't need extra motivation, but like he always looked for that little something extra. You know, the, you know, the thing with Kraus and Kukoc, with Drexler, with Dan, with Thunder Dan Marley in the Sun series, you know, he was always right. looking for that little something to push him further. And he, did he really need it? I mean, he was the best player in the world. He needed a little extra juice on Thunder Dan in the 93 finals to take the Suns out. Uh, it's just funny how they always found that little extra juice uh, to get Michael to move a little bit further, you know? Thunder Dan. <laughs> Because Kraus thought he was such a, a great defender, so Michael wanted to stick it to him. Oh, yeah, you think he's such a great defender? Let me show you. I think it's uh, everything's cool with, you know, you know, doing people on the on the dock, yeah. except I, I have a problem with doing the dead. You know what I mean? When when the yeah, dead guy can't respond time here. I, yeah, maybe they could like get. Does Kraus have like a son or something that could refute it all, or like a wife or a lover? I mean, honestly, because they have put that guy. He was six feet under. Now he's twelve and a half. I mean, they have buried that guy like because he's dead. I have never seen someone kick a guy when he's down like a dead man. Uh, that they have they blamed him for everything and throughout the doc they abused him with uh, uh you know audio of them abusing him, video audio of them abusing him. Locker room abuse of him, making fun of his size, making fun of him being a fat ass. I mean, they had they said stuff like it would if you if you smoke the cigar, it'll stunt your growth. I mean, they abused that guy till no end. I got no problem with Jordan uh, wanting to eviscerate his opponents, and he never wanted to lose in anything except for that security guard that took him to the wall on those quarter throws. Check out, that was great stuff, and, and that's the kind of stuff, Scotty, that I actually like about the documentary. When you see Jordan with the security guys in the bowels of the United Center and they're playing the game with the quarter, throwing it against the wall, like that's the cool stuff that I like about the doc. And you're right, it is a little much. A few guys have brought this up. Uh, They're really going after Krause here. I mean, the man's been passed away for a couple years now, but they are just every little thing they're trying to push even further how much more they didn't like this guy. And I just wanted to say uh, that, you know, they tried to sell me that Knicks part of this. The Knicks oh. have no part in this. The Bulls <laughs> kicked the Knicks ass. And the only time that they didn't was when Jordan was already gone. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep rolling today. We got a cover. We got SB Nation rocking with us on the radio. radio. An update, though. I'll hand it over to your boy, Carver High. 
All right, Scotty, here we go. Frank Gore signs with the Jets after a year in Buffalo. He'll be reunited with his former coach, Adam Gase, who he was with in Miami. This will be the 15th NFL season, Scotty, and he will be 37 years old when the season starts, whenever that is going to be, September or later. Another veteran running back who is also looking to keep playing. Reports say Marshawn Lynch is looking to stay in beast mode on the field. His what? agent, Doug Hen- his agent, Scotty, your boy, Dougie Fresh, Doug Hendrickson, oh. in, in, oh. talks, <laughs> in talks with the Seahawks about a return. Lynch turned 34 in April. He unretired for a second time late last season after injuries crippled the Hawks' running back room. He joined him in Week 17, and for the playoffs, he did have four touchdowns in three games. The NFL will release its 2020 schedule on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. It'll be the full 17-week schedule. But reports say the league does have contingency contingency plans in place for starting the season later. The league also announced no international games in London or Mexico City will take place in the 2020 campaign. (laughs) Yeah, thank God. Exactly. The league mourns, of course, the passing of Hall of Fame coach Don Shula yesterday who passed away peacefully at his home at age 90. Shula, the winningest coach in NFL history with 347 of them, and he was the coach of the only undefeated season in 1972. Pharrell will have more on Shula with Rick Harrow coming up in the next hour. One of the top-rated running backs in the country, Will Shipley, announced today that he'll attend Clemson. Shipley, a North Carolina native, chose the Tigers over Notre Dame, unfortunately. Stanford, NC State, and North Carolina. Major League Baseball Players Association Chief Tony Clark says the players absolutely want to get back on the field in 2020, but despite all the rumors being thrown around about start dates, division formats, nothing has been presented to the players at this time. If there is a return to the NBA this season, uh, this summer coming up, one of the big questions will be surrounding Brooklyn superstar Kevin Durant, who is recovering from his ruptured Achilles, Next GM, Sean Marks, told a newspaper in New Zealand, quote, that's a $110 million question, and that the team has not talked about the possibility of his return <laughs> a lot. Are there, wait, wait, are there newspapers <laughs> there, there, there are. And finally, the UFC women's featherweight title bout between Amanda Nunez and Felicia Spencer was originally supposed to take place on Saturday. That will now take place, Scotty. On June 6th, this will be Nunez's first defense of the 145-pound belt. I'm Carver High with a sports grid update. Want the edge? Get on the grid. Well, uh, you know, God bless Auckland. You know what I mean? Like, no, no offense to them, but I'm you like, he's got with them too. newspapers in New Zealand. I mean, the guy's from there. They got some newspapers no, there. No, no, they don't. They have boats <laughs> there, and they have and they have huntsmen and people that kill animals and hunt them down with arrows. I, and I know that. I think uh, I my girlfriend cheated on me once with a guy from uh, New Zealand. I, I think on a ship. I went out on a, I went I went I went sailing in the South Pacific, and I came back with the dinghy a little late, and there seemed to have been some activity in the galley down in the cabins. But we'll do that on another show. So. Um, I got to tell you, uh, you know, going back really quick to the, uh, the you know, Knicks thing, the Knicks right. were never in the way. The only team that, that gave them problems was the Pistons. And that was before, you know, when they toppled the Pistons, Scotty, that's when they then became the Bulls. You know, it was basically, they, they went through this in the first couple episodes. You know, the, the Pistons had to topple the Celtics. And then the Bulls had to topple the Pistons, and everybody thought the Knicks were going to be the team that would then topple the Bulls. Well, guess what? Uh, That never happened. And the closest they came, of course, was the one that was documented in Sunday night's episode, where in 93, they had a 2-0 lead at the Garden going back to Chicago. They, they of course, go back home tied 2-2, and your boy Charles Smith couldn't put the ball in the net there at the end of the game, just getting blocked, missing layups. Didn't want to dunk the basketball, Scott. You got to go strong the hole, old Charles Smith there in 93. So uh, that was as close as they've got. Of course, they beat them in 94 with no Jordan there. It took seven games, but they did finally beat them. Uh, that Jordan said it best, Scotty. Uh, even, even at their best, they weren't as good as us. He said it perfectly. They, 
That didn't count when they beat him with no Jordan in 91. That didn't even, no one even like, they won't even didn't talk count. about that. That didn't matter. I mean, give me count. a break. All right, so, like, give me a break. You know, here's the deal. Uh, I have to say, well, I have nothing better to do, frankly, on Sunday nights than to watch this for five weeks at two hours a clip. But it's going to be a rough, bumpy ride to the end for me. Like, I, I, like you know, two more and then another dose after that. I'm like, I, I mean, this is worse than watching. I just watched Snowfall for 30 hours on FX. I mean, how am I going to get through? How am I going to get? Like, I got to tell you, I, compared to, uh, this, this is just me. Compared to the Jordan doc, whatever you want to call it, Last Dance, I thought Snowfall was better. The evolution of crack in Los Angeles from powder, I thought was a fantastic story of my boy Franklin. I called him Franklin Stubbs Saints, uh, you know, becoming a kingpin in Crenshaw. I thought it was fantastic. But then again, what do I know? All right, so tell me about these rumors, Carver High, of the NBA uh, having plans, possibly contingency-wise, in Las Vegas and in the Magic Kingdom down in Ferrella World. Yeah, they've got a couple, you know, proposals that have leaked out in the past week. One of them involves Vegas, and uh, the MGM people kind of threw this at the NBA where, listen, we're going to take all the players, you know, we're going to put them in the Mandalay Bay, we're going to create a bubble city, you know, we're going to get the athletes, we're going to get everybody quarantined on the strip, as many as 24 basketball courts they can put up there at the Mandalay Bay. Uh, I don't know, Scotty. I mean, it could work, but here's the thing, and you know this is this is going on right now. That Mayor Goodman over there in Vegas, uh, she can't wait to get those people back in those buildings, right? I mean, this sounds all fun and good. Uh, if you're going to put all the NBA personnel into the uh, Mandalay Bay down at the bottom of the strip, right. but then what happens when she finally, and you know she can't wait to fly those doors open down there in Vegas, and those people start flooding the strip? Uh, what are you doing then? No because it ain't gonna take no, no it ain't gonna take a week to finish the NBA season. They need a couple months. Right, fair enough. Now, before you go to the Ferrella World down in uh, Orlando, I, I want to mention a couple things. One sure. uh, is the is the fishes fly at the Mandalay Bay, as Don King once told me. Pharrell, we love seeing you where the fishes fly, and <laughs> all I know is is that. Uh, I used to live in the Mandalay Bay and do my show there for a year. And let's just say uh, carte blanche on booze and food, all I had to do was sign my name, was not a good idea on their part. And I don't remember sleeping one time in a year. I never slept once. And when they kicked me out finally, uh, I think I heard a guy yell, good riddance. But nobody at the pool where I was usually nude. I have to say, the other thing about Las Vegas that is very troubling to me was listening to her because I know her, right? She's been on my show. Uh, Mayor Goodman has been on my show and um, on the radio show. And she's a wonderful lady, I got to tell you. Uh, And I like her a lot. And she's meant a lot for certainly downtown Las Vegas. She's done a lot of huge things like they're building new casinos down there that are going to be magnificent, the Circa. But here's the deal. Uh, she lost her mind on that interview she did with Anderson Cooper. I mean, she looked like an absolute buffoon. I have never seen a political figure in my life ever on any level, not once ever, of any president, vice president, senator, congressman, assemblyman. I have never in my life seen someone do a worse interview ever. I mean, that interview with Cooper, her, her career went down the drain. She's finished. Yeah, that was really tough to watch, Scotty, because this is such a – listen, we, we know what's going on in the world right now. Uh, and, and I get that being in the New York and New Jersey area, you might have a little bit of a different perspective on it. But let's be fair here. I mean, the last thing that you can have right now is people from all over the country showing up in casinos all up and down the Las Vegas Strip, getting on airplanes, going back home, going all over the place. I mean, I know she don't want to hear it, and I get it. That is their entire, uh, you know, the whole deal there. That whole city is about the tourism and it's about the casinos and it's about the gambling. But everybody's having a hard time everywhere right now. And I know they are too. It's a billion dollar business, but you can't go on television and, uh, you know, come up and start throwing out ideas that you know that you can't cash. I mean, you just can't do it right now. Can't. I mean, it's, it's, it's hundreds of billions of dollars in Las Vegas. It's uh, every one of those casinos. Uh, we know casino owners that are making over $2 billion, uh, you know, 
uh, a year easily just on penny slots. So imagine what they're doing in those, uh, you know, 150,000 hotel rooms. It, they survive on it. And she lost her mind. That was the worst uh, idiotic statements I've ever heard in my life from someone that's in charge or has power to suggest the things that uh, she thought that um, she said that Anderson Cooper was an alarmist because, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are dying of COVID. And she said it right. didn't matter because she was trying to get everybody back to work in the casinos and in the hotel industry and in the restaurants and bars. Uh, that'll go well. Uh, you know, uh, you're fine. Uh, you know, Mayor Goodman, nice job, Your Honor. Uh, honestly, uh, that was I've never seen anything like it. It was embarrassing. And I know there's got to be people that said it to her. Like, what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? Uh, but they're going to they want to do the same thing in Orlando, right? At, at uh, Disney World, because they got so many great hotels down there. They want to stuff them down there. And what are they going to ride the teacups and the elephants before they play basketball games? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're looking to do the same thing down there. And, and, you know, you've got that natural partnership because the NBA is partners with ESPN, who, of course, is owned by Disney. So you have a little bit of a connection there between those two partners. And honestly, Scotty, I kind of like this one a little bit better. You know, they can put a lot of courts in that wide world of sports complex that they have on the Disney World property. They have a lot more hotels. And listen, I, I don't mean a lot more hotels. It's just they're, they're spaced out a little bit more, the Disney World hotels. Whereas Vegas, the Strip, everybody's on top of one another. So let's say that that mayor does get the doors thrown back open. You know, you know people are going to be on top of one another. In Disney, the hotels are a little bit more spaced out, even if... The mouse reopens, which I don't think is going to happen right now anyway. Wow. But even if the mouse reopens, the hotels are at least a little bit spaced to where you could put the NBA people in a couple of hotels. But I'll tell you this. A couple of the hotels that they were saying they wanted to put these guys in, I've stayed in them. Right. And I cannot believe in my life that they're going to put some multi-million dollar NBA player in the, you know, the Disney All-Star Sports Hotel. Listen, I just don't wait, see wait, it. Wait. I just don't see it at all. I all right, hold on. This really comes down to your suggestion that they're going to be on top of each other. You mean uh, the hookers in Las Vegas that are going to be on top of the NBA players as opposed to the wholesome Mickey and Minnie down in Orlando? Little safer family environment down in Orlando, I would suggest, for the NBA and their wives that aren't going to be going for the live in the Mandalay Bay and have full access to Sin City or go down and hang out at the at the wide world of sports and the uh, it's a small world after all it's a small the mouse always gets you the mouse always gets you Scotty you know this uh, you brought the family there the, the mouse kids. always gets you and the kids love the mouse more than they love you that's all I know yeah. your kid loves you until he meets the mouse <laughs> Once he meets a mouse, you're second place. I have to ask you a question really quick. Uh, the Big Ten, did you see Warren, their commissioner, saying, we'll have an answer in six weeks, but we're not sure if all the teams in the conference, basically is not, not what he said, that we're not sure if they're all going to participate in the football season. So here's an idea. Which schools aren't going to show up and play? How about Nebraska and Northwestern? They both suck. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Scotty, those are probably the teams that are going to be there, right? I mean, let, let's be honest. They're spread out. The Big Ten has expanded to the point where you have as far east as Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State, as far west as Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, etc., and then a bunch of teams in the middle. We know that there's some hot spots, Scotty, like Rutgers and Maryland and Penn State, where are these campuses going to be open when school starts in late August, early September? I don't know, and I don't know how you can play college football or have a have season, have people on when there's no students on the campus. Isn't it a learning facility first? Isn't that what it's supposed to be? I get in Iowa or maybe some places that aren't as hard hit. Uh, they might have students back on their campuses uh, by that time, but for schools in the Northeast, I don't. He might be right. I don't know if they're going to be able to play some of those schools, but they're going to they're going to push ahead anyway, Scotty, because there's money to be made. <laughs> I got a great idea. Just have Michigan play Ohio State and lose again. It's really easy. You can just have those two hook up. Michigan will lose by 30, and that'll be that. Do you know that of the Power 5 schools, they could lose $78 million each at least if they don't play next season for a total of $4.1 billion in losses? Those numbers are staggering. When we come back on Coast to Coast, we're going to talk about another staggering development, and that's at Louisville. 
where the Cardinal basketball program is in all kinds of trouble, and it's lingering at Iona, too, where Rick Patino is taking over. It's coast to coast. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast with Carver High, Joe Ranieri, and Mafia, Brian Siano running it for us, uh, doing a killer job. I have to say really quick, um, so I live uh, outside of New York City, and I was working with Joe Ranieri uh, at great length over the last, let's just say, day or so, getting ready to do this show. He's an absolute badass. Our network would be... um, just naked and homeless without him. He's done an incredible job. And I also have to add this, that I saw him doing work with me yesterday out of his like patio. And he's got like palm trees blowing in the wind. And he's got like the building behind him. has got like teal and aqua and beautiful pink colors on it. And, and there's like a pool and there's women and G strings walking around. And then I'm in New York city and everybody's wearing masks it's freezing ass. It's Cinco de Mayo. I got the window open. I literally have stiff nips going. I'm over here free. I, I literally am ready to put a park on. We had 80 degrees on Sunday and 30 the day after. The wind's blowing. We've had 16 windstorms, telephone poles down, trees blowing, cars being carjacked and people being shot dead. And he's down in Miami laying at the pool with chicks and cheese drinks. I hate your guts, Ranieri. You know, Scotty, you are 100 percent right. And you paint a beautiful so anyway, picture uh, right now. Let me now. just say, um, Go ahead. Uh, let me just say, uh, there he is. Is he there, Carver? Hi, do we got him? <laughs> what I'm saying is you paint a beautiful picture. All right, that's and... Joe Ranieri talking to me now. Right. <laughs> you paint a great picture. You know and the right, Remember, the one thing that you got to anyway, remember, Scotty. Listen, you can watch. I have no idea what's happening here, but you can watch tonight uh, the Pacquiao Marquez, Morales Barrera, uh, Cotto Margarito fight. All those fights are going to be on uh, TV tonight in honor of Cinco de Mayo. Now, I want to go back uh, to Carver High and mention a couple of things. We were talking about, um, you know, the 78 million, fair enough, in losses per power five school and a total of, you know, allegedly $4 billion in, uh, you know, all over the country in losses with, you know, college football. What that'll do is, frankly, Carbride, that'll cripple college athletics at the NCAA level. I mean, these numbers are staggering. 60% of these schools combined total annual operating revenues for the 2019 fiscal year. That would be 2019. So 2020 would be uh, even more outrageous. In fact, I don't even believe those numbers at $4 billion and at $78 million, I think they'd be more like year-to-year inflation and everything else, more like $95 million per school and over $5.5, $6 billion dollars. 
Yeah, look, Scotty, I, I, I keep going back to it, and it's just the way that it is. I think it's going to be very hard for college athletics to get rolling here, especially in September, and they're going to lose a ton of money. Like you said, average of $78 million per school, and that's average. Think about the big ones, Scotty. Think about the ones that are the titans of college football or college basketball or both. You know, you start getting into your Ohio States and your Alabamas and your Clemsons in football. You get into the Dukes and the Kansases and the North Carolinas. Uh, the amount of money that gets generated by those schools in football bigger than basketball, we know that. But this is a lot of money, and it's different than the professional sports because I don't know how you can bring students on a football team onto the campus when you don't have all the other students there. I just don't or playing without fans or any of this stuff. I think college has a much bigger problem than the NFL or the NBA or the NHL. They have a whole other animal on their hands because of students. These are student athletes as much as they're going to start paying them for their likeness down the road. Right. I mean, they're still student athletes. So I think it's going to be very difficult for them, Scotty. All right. So I apologize before uh, Carver High. I couldn't hear you. And um, so when I was stepping all over your throat and on your face with my giant feet, that was that was just me. Because like, when I didn't hear you, I was just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to crush your uh, jugular and just keep going. I've got no time That's for okay. failure at this point. So all I was all I, I was going to tell you is all I was going to tell you is is that you keep talking right. about this beautiful picture that Joe Ranieri was painting outside the window there with the beach and the girls and all this stuff. I mean. We used to have, you know, when we, we missed the Meadowlands, we missed being there uh, with all the crazies. And whenever we'd come back from break at the Meadowlands, you know, you'd have that little shot of all the guys in the pit betting on the horses before they'd come back to us. You know, now maybe right. since Joe, Joe should just stick a camera out his window. That could be our little comeback shot, a little shot outside Joe's window before we come back here. I mean to tell you, I like that idea because he's got it going on. Uh, I didn't know. All I know is what I said is true. I don't know if I heard Ranieri on the air. I didn't hear you. All I know is everything I'm telling people is the truth. Ranieri's got it way better than all of us. You're in the basement there. I'm in my daughter's bedroom. Uh, Ranieri's pimping out at the pool. He's making martinis and Cosmos up in his crib and bringing them down on the elevator in his sandals and his beach attire down to the pool getting he's got a tan he's got like a gold cocaine chain around his neck he's got it all going uh and we have nothing so let me ask you uh this is very important uh the louisville scandal is growing legs again the story that just keeps on giving i've always been a fan of this story based on the fact that I just think it's fantastic that uh, Rick Pitino, who I think is one of the most incredible college basketball coaches ever. I really do think he's a great coach, but the fact that he lied through his teeth, I don't care what anybody says. There is no way on hell's earth that you can have, you know, total control and power over a gigantic basketball program like Louisville. I don't care who you are. Don't try to sell me that he didn't know what was going on. He said he had no idea they were having stripper cocaine parties and prostitutes at the recruiting bashes and the alcohol and drugs. And I just don't believe that for one second, particularly, and I've said this on my radio show a million times, coming from a guy that had an affair in an Italian restaurant with some chick on a, you know, red and white tablecloth. Thank you very very much. I'm not like listening to him very much these days. Although, like I said, Carver High, I think he's a great coach and Smitty and all the rest of them, your boy KW, they love Iona. Well, they're going to love Patino at Iona when he finally gets to coach there after he's out of NCAA prison because it looks like he's going to miss a half a season. But the fact remains, he will turn Iona into a stealth bomber. And he did the same thing in Louisville. He did it at Kentucky. He did it, in my opinion, in the NBA, too. I think he's as slick as they come. But I think he's full of shack. Uh, and I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth that he didn't know what was going on at Louisville. He's a liar. Yeah, look, Scotty, we're talking about things that obviously happened a while ago while Patino was there, while the old AD was there. Uh, all those guys are gone now. And it is, I, I do understand that you have to penalize the school in some way. Uh, these things happen there. Uh, the two main culprits, the AD and the coach are gone. The you know, But, you know, Chris Mack is there now. I mean, he had to know when he took the job that this could eventually come down the pike, right? I mean, Mack had to know when he went to Louisville, uh, this could happen and I could get some sanctions against this program. And as far as Patino goes, look, Scotty, if he's, if he's got to get, you know, sit for a half a season, 
which is like the rumblings right now that he might get suspended. That'll be his like penalty. I don't think Iona's going to care. Uh, they're still happy that they hired him because you knew he was going to get back into college basketball, and it's going to get he's going to get back there, and he's going to turn that team not turn them. They have been the power in the MAC. Uh, Tim Kluse has the they've been the power in the MAC for a long time now, and he's going to grow them to even bigger heights. And I don't think it's going to matter if he misses any time. So the NCAA throws him a little suspension. Iona will be just fine about it. Don't you worry. No, no worries whatsoever think- for that. I think they'll win uh, NCAA games now with Patino there as opposed to getting there and losing. I think they'll go to the next level and make a – like I could see him making, believe it or not, uh, the second weekend in the NCAA tournament. And I'll say this. Look, uh, Rick Patino. it reminds me of – you talk about Mac. It reminds me of when Lane Kiffin got the job at USC – they had already had the you know Reggie Bush scandal and taken all the money, and then you know he went there and went what ten and two or something, and then the sanctions hit, and then uh, they started losing after that. Well, I agree with Lane Kiffin in the sense I don't know if you saw that article recently that just came out about him saying he just said, look, when you take thirty scholarships away from me every single year. Uh, that I'm there after the 10 and two season, it's automatic. I'm going to have a worse record. It's just, it's inevitable. And I think he's right. And I think that's the same thing as Mac. Mac knew what he was getting into and the shoes he was putting on. And I think they're going to get slapped obviously with probation. And I think uh, it is amazing to me though, uh, to be honest with you, Carver, I, after the fact that they can trail like the, you know, DEA going after somebody all over the world after the fact uh, that they can trail Patino to Iona and still nail him for the NCAA violations at Louisville all, you know, all this time later, I would think, you know, there's no statue of relations here, but it's amazing how they've uh, hunted him down like the DEA. Well, well, let's remember something, Scotty. Uh, I don't think they like Patino very much. Uh, I just don't think they do. And if it was other coaches, would that happen? I don't know. Uh, Maybe not as harsh. Who knows? But I don't think that the people at the NCAA care for Patino too much. There's been a bunch of different things that have kind of been on his plate. You brought up the restaurant. You brought up the other things. And, you know, there's a lot of things with Patino that have been tied in here. And I don't think they care about that. And I I really don't believe the Iona thing will matter. You're right. He's going to take them. They've been, you know, in a mid-major area. They've been very good for the last seven to 10 years. He could take them now to maybe another level where they could start to rise like other programs have to bigger conferences and things like that. I think that he could do that there. Well, do you agree? And we'll get into this more with Rick Harrow in our second hour on Coast to Coast today, our sports business and legal insider on Sports Grid, that, uh, that you know, names, images and likeness, uh, that they're finally going to start paying college athletes for these instances of usage of their likeness and name and, and that kind of rhetoric. We all know that that's coming down the pike, but they're still... Uh, certainly uh, out to get programs. The NCAA is on a, on a machete watch. They're swinging that stick and they're looking to lob heads off of cheaters. Uh, it's amazing that uh, the time that we're in right now, where in one instance, they're going after a, a program like Louisville, which I don't believe for one minute, like I said, I know they had those parties. Everybody knows they had the parties, but the fact that they acted like they didn't have the parties is what's so funny to me. And then right over here on the other side of the uh, football field, we got uh, kids now going to finally get paid. Yeah, I don't have that big of a problem with it because these universities, Scotty, they've been making a lot of money off these players for a very long time. And I know it's a dicey situation because there are other athletes uh, throughout uh, the university, whether you're talking about the track team and you're talking about the softball team and you're talking about the golf team. But you, you know this, and I know this, and a lot of people know this. Uh, the football team is what makes money. The basketball team is what makes money. And these guys, uh, looks like they're going to be entitled to make their piece of the money, too. And I don't got any issue with that whatsoever. None. Look, I, you know, I think it's uh, the most staggering development uh, during this COVID for NCAA sports is the uh, issue that we talked about earlier about how much money they're losing. Uh, I don't know, frankly, uh, if you recover at all for a few years. 
uh, the, the amounts are just astronomical. They're staggering, the losses. If they lose college football this fall, if we don't have college football, I think you're going to see uh, devastating blowouts of college athletic programs where literally I think a lot of smaller schools will emphatically go away completely. They will not have athletic departments. It's bad enough what this is doing to the colleges as a whole as learning institutions let alone worrying about their athletic departments and filling their coffers with hundreds of millions of dollars so people can go to college football games on Saturdays. It's coast to coast with Carver High and Pharrell. Check out. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, Pharrell, back on Coast to Coast. So I, I just wanted to reiterate what I was saying about Italian restaurants and Rick Patino. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about uh, the college athletic programs. I think what's going to happen is they're going to slice off like meat at a deli, uh, like tennis, golf, uh, wrestling. I mean it. Uh, you know, s- swim teams soccer. I mean, let's just, no one wants to hear it. Lacrosse. No one wants to hear it. Right. I get it. No one likes it. No kid that's going to play, you know, NCAA division one lacrosse or whatever in the Eastern seaboard wants to hear that, but it's true. What's going to happen is at very best Carver high, the only thing that's going to survive is football and basketball. If that. Yeah, you're right. If that would be the way to go right now, and and you even go the next couple below, which you get into baseball and things like that. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, there there could be some serious ramifications for college athletics if the amount of money doesn't come in. Now, I don't believe, Scotty, that they'll cancel a, a whole college football season. I, I just don't believe it. Could they move it to the spring like some people have talked about? Yeah, I, I could see that. But there's way too much money. They ain't gonna let all that money go away and just not play college football this year. I don't believe it, and I know, I know you yeah. don't believe it either. I know that. I don't either. I I think they're gonna play, and I, and I also believe, as I gave the Steelers my you know several thousand dollars for my season tickets, uh, that I'm gonna go to some football games this year. I can guarantee it. Here's the deal: if I spend all those thousands for my Steelers season tickets. And I don't get to go to any games and no fans are allowed to go to games or they let 2000 in of the richest friends they have. And I don't get to go to a game. I'm either getting my money back or I'm going to invest it in the following year automatically, or I'm going to kick someone's ass. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to lose my temper and it is not a pretty scene. Now I want to say that um, baseball track and field, trust me, you, you think you matter. You matter about as much as the wind blowing by your house right now. All that matters is football and basketball. No one wants to hear it, but it's the truth. When we come back, hour two on Coast to Coast, we're going to talk a lot about Don Shula. We didn't get a chance to talk about the legendary coaches passing at age 90 in Miami. A devastating loss for the fans and the NFL community. It's Coast to Coast on Sports Grid and SB Nation Radio. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.